I'm Jacqueline, the therapist, and I'm interviewing real people with real problems, no small talk. Breakups. Who likes a breakup, right? It, even when we desire the breakup, it can still be a painful experience. Now, the flip side of these things are that they offer us opportunities for new experiences, if and only if we really choose something new. What I mean by that is that we all have deep-rooted patterns that are based on our childhood experiences that, in essence, set up the building blocks for who we choose as significant others. Now, I'm talking about deep-down patterns. Uh, perhaps your pattern is always choosing an emotionally unavailable partner, or maybe you're a people-pleaser who likes to constantly smooth things over, whatever it is. Now, these same patterns also apply to hand, how we handle detachment. Some of us are able to cut that cord immediately. Uh, we shut down all our feelings around, around that situation and move right through it. Some of us get angry. Uh, some of us wallow in it. Now, for those of us who wallow in it, I think there is also an element, if you are a wallower, that you perhaps blame yourself. We've all had those friends who have dated abusive partners who are terrible for them, or maybe it's not even that, somebody who's just not even right for you. And you see it as the outsider, and as a friend, you try to show up for the other person and support them and, and, and validate their feelings about it, but this person may not be able to see that, in essence, not be able to take in what you say, even though everything you say is very logical, they might consistently blame themselves, go back to the partner that's not right for them or abusive or find a new one and recreate the whole same dynamic all over again. Now, these people, because of their childhood conditioning, has had them end up in situations like this. Unless we go back and deal with the root, the conditioning, and examine that and explore what's really going on there, we can't fully heal and in essence really allow for a new experience. This is definitely the case with the woman I'm interviewing. She's going through this exact experience. She is in a period of transformation, which is even evident in her hair. When I met her months ago, she had this long, thick, wavy, highlighted hair, which she would oftentimes pull up as, as, as if it bothered her. She just wanted it out of the way somehow. Since then, she's actually shaved both sides of her head, leaving a longer mohawk section. Think the cut that Miley Cyrus had when her hair was really bleached out blonde, this is what this girl has. However, she's also stopped uh, highlighting her hair. What I see with that is somebody who is going against the grain of society, somebody who has some anger, who is in essence pushing back on boundaries, somebody who is wanting change, who is questioning her belief system, questioning her values, and, and really exploring and trying to suss out a new way. So here's my conversation with her. Um, what do you want to talk about today? Well, we will talk about the big thing that's going on in my life. All right. Um, Let's hear it. Love. Uh, Love. Yeah. So I had uh, really my first girlfriend in like six years. Okay. And uh, <laughs> it started off by being incredibly complicated and uh yeah okay what, what do you mean by that well um it was a polyamorous relationship okay um i was dating a woman who was married to a man or a woman? to a man okay 
So how did you guys meet? Well, we met through uh, the Buddhist universe. We met on a retreat. Okay, okay. Um, And uh, she was very... I don't want to say aggressive because I don't think that's quite the right term, but she, uh, you know, every time that she had the chance to look at me or we could connect, she would make it very clear that she was interested. (laughs) You know, I just want to stop you for a second. And um, I know you're here, you wanting to tell this story because you're hoping for some sort of like mm, vindication or feeling in some way. So if you just want to place your hand on your stomach and just go ahead and continue on what you were going to say about how she um how she <laughs> literally yeah, yeah. <laughs> um how she you know made eye contact with you and made it very known basically that she yeah. had feelings for you and I just I want you to speak from your your gut versus just your throat if that makes sense <clears throat> um She made it incredibly known that she was attracted to me. Yeah. And, you know, the reality is, is I did not think that much of her at the time. I didn't tell her that, but Mm -hmm. um, I wasn't interested. There was something about the way that she, you know, and I always feel this when somebody hits on me and doesn't know me, I feel very like, you don't know me. Yeah. Yeah. But to be fair, when you're in silence, and, and from our experiences talking about that and she you know to be fair she was seeing she was totally seeing me and she was I think attracted to elements of me that I just wasn't aware could be seen through silence Um, yeah I mean I think that's a tricky thing right because I have the same thing like I'm very suspicious of people who come on strong like now now that I know what that's about usually it's about the ego right and Mm. just kind of like why do you like me when you don't even know me like what's the but then the other part of that is like I like that because I'm not willing to deal with my discomfort oftentimes and so it makes me feel very safe to know where the other person stands so I get pulled in by that Mm. for my own reasons yeah yeah so uh so I was pretty you know and I I, when we broke silence I even like told my roommate I was like this fucking girl wants to sleep with me for sure and she was like really what really how can you tell what and so then like we went out and saw her and had like an interaction with her and we like you know had like a moment after and she was like she definitely wants to sleep with you like holy fuck like Jesus you know and so I was like okay this is interesting Uh but I really and I even told her I was like I'm not interested I was really trying to you know I have my my deepest issues are very much uh sort of get enunciated they could get like highlighted they get brought out in you know romantic relationships or anytime that there's love involved and I'm still trying to understand yeah. what that means for well, me how did you feel when you knew that she was wanting to sleep with you like that moment where, where it kind of like you knew before but then when your roommate saw it, saw it right and validated the experience it felt good in some ways that somebody was interested in me, uh-huh. um, but in my mind, I was not interested. Um, mm-hmm. And we we were in like a group together where we got to speak for like one minute, twice on two different days, and I remember like not being particularly taken by what she had to say, and I just kind of was like, eh. like I don't know, I have like a very weird thing with like, I. Uh, well, I'm very attracted to intelligence and actually yeah. turns out she's 
completely brilliant, but I just yeah. was not I was not picking up on that mm-hmm. when we met. Um, but at the same time, there was somewhat of a connection, and I liked the. I guess I did like the attention. And we ended up exchanging numbers at the end, and then and then with, then with this, this other person. person. Um, yeah, it was much. We'll just call her G. 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 With G. Sure, we can call her G. <laughs> okay. Um, so, so, so maybe it's less of um, vulnerability leading into love stuff, but, but, or maybe you're just in a more authentic place or something. I mean, it's just interesting both at the same time, like something goes on for you there. And mind you, that was like literally right after I broke up with the person that I, that was in a lot of ways I was holding on to and was very unavailable because of my sort of codependent relationship with this person even though it wasn't really romantic there were elements of of it being romantic um the second I let go of that I started becoming available in a way that I hadn't been in the six previous years which I think is interesting Um, yeah yeah you know in addition to that I've been doing a lot of work on myself so I don't know it's all it's all just kind of it's interesting um Okay, so okay. you meet this girl. So I meet two girls, right? But yeah. the one that we're talking about, G. Yeah. Right. You G. meet her, and yeah. and then you guys get together. Yep. And her husband knows, right? Because he said they're polyamorous. Yes. So um, this was she made that clear to you that she was married. Yeah. Yeah. And we started off very much as as friends. Okay. Um. And we had a very intellectual connection. We had a spiritual connection. Um. She's a writer. I'm a writer. We started. Um. I think I, the reason why actually I ended up, I was, it was sort of revealed that her her mother also is is borderline and her sister as well. What and, do you mean also? Um, in addition to to me, that's that's also my my uh, situation is I have that a, your mother's borderline. My mother, yeah, yeah, yeah and got it. Yeah. Uh, well, we always attract, right? Like they, yeah, they no say, psychoanalytically, right? We always attract where we're at. Like the wound attracts wound. We attract people, you know, same experiences, values, yeah. backgrounds. <clears throat> yeah. So that makes sense. Yeah. And so, um, so, you know, and, and we sort of started getting to the point where we were talking every day and we were very vulnerable with one another and we were starting to work together. We were starting to sort of write together. I guess that was the other thing I sort of forgot to say is when I saw her Facebook page, um, it turns out that this person uh, is a fairly public figure in the uh, the BDSM scene. Okay. Uh, as she used to be a pro dominatrix for many years, she uh, has done a lot of porn. Um, so were you comfortable with that, or not really? to be honest that that was not something I was attracted to when I saw her Facebook page I was even less attracted to her I was like whoa this is not this is not my thing I'm not it's just not I'm not it's it's the same thing as it's how I feel about people like anybody who really anybody who's trying the least cool thing you can do uh is try to be cool and I still feel the same way with sexy like the the harder you're trying to be sexy just the less sexy that is to me I just I just don't really just it's fine I don't judge it but it's just not my it's not what I'm really attracted yeah. to. I'm kind of attracted to authenticity, and it doesn't feel very authentic to me. Yeah. Um, okay, but so you, so you saw that, but it wasn't a deal breaker for you, right? No, it wasn't a deal breaker because, um, well, also, we weren't dating at first. We, we were talking, and we were going to make a film about, you know, 
BDSM and 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 the, we were trying to sort of explore I wanted to understand it and I wanted to see if there was a way that we could understand the components that attract obviously there are components that attract people to it um that I feel like the regular person just doesn't understand and I feel like yeah. there's a version where if we had access to that we might understand and and I yeah. wanted to explore yeah. that and yeah. subsequently wanted to explore the darker sides of it and this was your idea uh, or both idea? both okay. we were okay. both and you know and she was really at the time in recovery from this and I think that she had since sort of she'd become sober about mm -hmm. a year and a half ago but you say in recovery from and also foreign and well in recovery from at least this was how I was seeing it and, and maybe this isn't quite right but it seemed a lot like she was sort of in recovery from maybe some of the harm that she had caused by being a dominatrix and sort of the states that you go to where you're maybe not the most connected with um awareness surrounding kind of what yeah. what you're doing mm -hmm. and, and maybe harm that you're causing and so it felt a lot like she was connecting very deeply with that with me and we were sort of you know we, we had like come across this quote which i'd like to find but it's something to the extent of like trauma only exists in the absence of like an empathetic witness and sort of this notion of being able to unsubstantiate trauma through having somebody who was sort of attuned to your experience while you know you'd sort of take off your armor and share things about your past that you felt like were you know unforgivable mm -hmm. uh, and to sort of see in the other person's reflection that they don't see you any differently yeah. and how just you know really powerful that was and, and it yeah. was it was incredibly powerful we sort of that was our thing we would spend hours just sort of like taking off our armor and exposing ourselves to each other yeah. and uh, there's lots of lots of crying, lots of processing, lots of uh, it's very gentle and it was very mm -hmm. loving. Even though we weren't seeing each other at that point, even we were really just connecting on this level. And, and this is over the span of how long? This, I mean, it all just happened so quickly. Yeah, because um, I remember. Really I mean, I know you. Yeah. I had seen you, and I remember. I mean, it was in the span of within three weeks right like nothing totally. and then the next minute i was speaking to you totally. and you had a girlfriend yeah it happened really, so it happened really quickly yeah i mean i think that's i don't know something to note uh, totally and it's yeah. it, absolutely um so okay so you get together so and, and so we had so we were doing we were like facetiming every day and uh -huh. we she 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 doesn't she lives in another city okay she lives up north yeah and um so, uh, but she was in LA a lot. She actually, she used to have uh, a dungeon in LA. Okay. Um, and that she just sort of moved out of recently. Um, and so she was in LA. alone. It's like. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, it's, it's, it's a different universe. And. Did you, you saw the dungeon? Oh yeah. I've stayed in that dungeon many times. Um, we played in that dungeon just, just once, but. Yeah. Um, but, you know, and so she was also just like, okay, I, she was also really interested in sort of re, recontextualizing BDSM, you know, is there a version of, she wanted to like reinvent BDSM effectively. She wanted to like, you know, have, ha, you know, is, is there, is, I guess she was sort of exploring whether or not there was a way to engage with, because BDSM is really based on 
you know, there are some really beautiful qualities to it in terms of the level of communication that they have with one another. I mean, it's at the very root of BDSM is communication and exploring things that we don't normally talk about. And there's lots, lots. And feeling safe enough with your partner to explore those things. And it's definitely a mixed bag. It's totally a mixed bag. And, And I think that there's a version of it that can be totally healthy and really, you know, exploring, you know, like I, we, I mean, we only played three times, um, but one of the times I got totally triggered, like totally triggered, and it actually brought back a lot of traumatic memories for me, which, you know, I was exploring with my therapist as being a really positive thing because I, A, had to sort of, A, had access to things that I'd repressed forever that I really need to deal with, and B, um, it would be really cool if I could get to the point where I can separate what's happening in the moment from what happened to me in the past and sort of know this isn't real. And, um, you know, I think there are ways in which you can deal with trauma where, you know, it's, it's first of all, just sort of that identification uh, is, I don't know. It, it's, it's interesting territory. It's interesting. I'm, I'm not saying that it's necessarily positive. And I think in the end, it's actually not something that's great for me. And that's a whole sort of separate issue because okay. I... Um, you know, I don't know if we should get into that now, but well, let's let's get into the juice okay. of what what your goal is here. Oh God, I don't know what my goal is here. Yeah. Um, well, okay. Um, I guess I should. Are you guys still together? No, we broke up. Okay. And um, basically, what happened was we had this very vulnerable intellectual and spiritual connection, um, and I feel like we were our whole thing was you're like trying to sort of heal mm-hmm. and that turned into a romantic thing and and, uh, and when you're polyamorous just so i'm clear yeah. right you can have a relationship with her but you're not having a relationship with her husband right um yeah i mean we weren't and some people do but that that, that was a boundary that we definitely had and um uh and you know that was a whole separate thing you know he's uh he's a rock star <laughs> yeah um, he's he's pretty well known, and um, he's also has a pretty severe drug problem mm. in a pretty mm-hmm. big way, and uh, there's a lot going on there. Yeah, uh, I actually I I like the guy, but um, and he was very 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 kind and welcoming to me, which I appreciate. I also think that he has some control issues and was trying to control a lot of what was going on and. Uh, he was triggering for me because he's the type of person that I could get into a very codependent relationship with. Um, so I had to really sort of see that and eventually had to sort of remove myself from... What, what do you mean codependent? In what ways for you? Um, where I he has that kind of big personality and that sort of demanding presence that it's very easy for me to see his needs and not see my own because mm-hmm. he's not mm-hmm. seeing me mm-hmm. he's and he's totally has more of than i don't know if he's a narcissist but you know drug people that are using drugs like that aren't really able to see anyone else um, yeah yeah it's it's a form of narcissism whether it's conscious right. or totally so or yeah. uh, that was a whole that was a whole yeah. thing and it's interesting like i mean i don't know i don't have the answers but on polyamory and just um uh porn and all this kind of stuff, you know it's to me, I'm sure healthy models of this exist, but then you're talking about this model that actually doesn't seem healthy because the guy's, you know, ha- has his own addiction issues. So obviously, like, if you're an, a- an active addiction, you're definitely not able to show up 
emotionally and be present, which, you know, for the record, that's actually not everybody's goal. <laughs> like right. not everybody wants right. that, you know, right. like that's, that can be too intense for many people. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's hard to view that as healthy when I hear all the other stuff around it. I mean, did you, were you okay with, with the polyamory? Um, I was willing to try, you know, I wasn't really sure what it was going to look like. And I think at first I was like, okay, this is interesting. The reality is, you know, I wasn't, I didn't feel like my needs weren't getting met by her. Um, you know, we talked a lot and, um, we were seeing each other a lot. Well, it seems like she was dipping into you instead of totally probably instead of into her husband maybe in some ways i mean you know i think i I probably shouldn't go into too much but they they they, you know they they have their shit (laughs) yeah um needless to say um i think when you're dating somebody who's or you're in in a relationship with somebody who has such a severe you know addiction um and you know and he always said and, and i actually think this is fair he's like don't judge me by my drugs drugged me by my behavior and I was like great that's something that I can agree to yeah because um, some people I mean there is a difference between some people can be heavy users and not be addicts you know it's a very sure. fine line to me sure uh, because I mean we all use things to emotionally cope whether it be food drugs alcohol love sex money mm-hmm. work yeah you and know or just even active thought processes yeah. in our head even it's- if we're not doing that you know I agree, and it's fair. And so I, I actually was like, I can, I can agree to that. I'm not going to judge okay. you because of your drug use, but I will judge you by your behavior. Not judge, but I'll, I'll, I don't know. Try to, try to just be present with what was going on. And so, yeah. Okay. So yeah, you guys were together. Now you're not. Yeah. So basically, you know, it's still pretty fresh, but something sort of. When, when did it happen and why? Okay, so basically, they came to L.A., <laughs> drove drove the whole family down uh, to L.A. She has a, she has a daughter as well. Um, and they were working on, they had work. They had like two weeks of work that they were doing in L.A. And so they were going to be in L.A. And it was really, really difficult. And there were a lot of big problems that went on between them. I think there was... Uh, in her mind, you know, it sort of came up that he was going to leave her. Mm-hmm. Wow. And I was not um, expecting that. Yeah. I mean, I was not either. But, you know, it all sort of makes sense because he loved... It was like he's like suspicious. He liked me in like a suspiciously... Like, he he really liked me. Yeah, and he was he, overly he, friendly uh, over... Yeah. Immediately. And like, and this like, okay, I'm telling you know, my band, I'm telling everybody in the world that my wife has a girlfriend, like we have to get out, get the, get, get out in front of this so that people don't talk about this. And so, you know, I went to some shows with them and it was just like, this is my wife's girlfriend. This is my wife's girlfriend. I mean, he like loved yeah. the optics of it. Yeah. And, um, but it was also like a little suspicious and she was suspicious of it yeah. too. A shift basically about a week and a half in a shift sort of occurred in her and it just was like a switch. Um, and I've never seen anything like it in my life, but I swear to God, she became like the inverse person of, it's like the polar opposite. It's like every, it's like as incredible as she was, she became as like fucking demonic. Like I, she, she, she turned into, and it just, it would go from, you know, obviously she would misunderstand something that I would say and then twist it and manipulate it and throw it back to me it's like what did you say you know just this yeah. very, it just got very like 
you know and 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 then it became this like okay now and then it just got war and, and it got really really bad where it got to the point where I you know she would it got it got bad and and so at what point did you decide to cut it or did you decide to cut it um, did she cut it yeah I mean it was probably pretty mutual I mean I know I mean I I was not I could not go on and her husband went to detox um temporarily he's not not planning to be dry forever but wanted so he was wanted a break she had gone up there and um she you know i'd say after about three days had sort of turned back to the person that i knew and we were sort of able to have a few days of, because her husband was still around right i mean i don't know i don't know why but he was gone mm-hmm. and but he was in he was in detox yeah he was he wasn't home he was somewhere yeah. else in detox and she was but at that point was he still planning on leaving her um i she i i don't I mean i don't know if he's ever planning to do that this is all just what she was thinking um and i don't know but she but she but she somehow managed to i don't know i don't know what happened but it seemed like she had some space and she was able to come out of that state mm-hmm. and so i was like okay there's hope that's great and um and it was lovely it was wonderful it was sort of back to this sort of very beautiful and you know sort of almost like poetic relationship that we had wait so over how long was this period where she kind of turned to the so at first it was um maybe maybe like a full week okay and so i was like okay this could have just been i mean look everybody has their shit and you know, I was like kind of hoping that maybe it just was. So it was a week at and first. I just saw how bad things were. And so I was like, all right, you know, this happens. And then what about um, the next time? So then he came back and about three days later, she was like back in. Okay. She was just back in. And we had some of the nastiest fights I've ever had in my entire life. I've never, I mean, since maybe since I was a kid, but not as an adult. I haven't ever been treated like that. Um, she's you know, just had this, like... So she went back into that state for how long? Um, well, she hasn't come out of it. <laughs> okay, gotcha. And, and so that was maybe, I don't know, a month ago or something. You guys broke up a month ago? No, we broke up last, uh, like, two weeks, uh, not even two weeks ago, but, um, so that, that lasted... <sighs> how long did I stay in that one? Maybe two weeks, sort of a thing, and by the end of two weeks, like, she, she was coming to L.A., um, I mean, this whole relationship has been, what, like three months total, maybe? Yeah. Okay, so for about half of the relationship, or a third of the relationship at least... It was great. She changed. Oh, for the last... For, for I'd say, a third of the relationship. Yeah, that's what I just said. Yeah, for a third, yeah. she, she she swapped. Which yeah. is actually, from knowing you, progress for you, right? That sure. you left yeah. that soon, totally. even though we totally. could also say, you know, why were you discounting your feelings right. for so long? But. Right. You know, on the flip side, coming from somebody who has a borderline parent, yeah. right, which, you know, if you're dealing with that kind of behavior, I don't know if you want to explain what borderline is so that we yeah, all have an understanding. I don't even know that. I, it's like, it's, I think. It's the same cutoff flip switching, right? Yeah, I guess, yeah. Yeah, and the abusive, like, I'm yeah. not seeing you or whatever. You yeah. never know what to expect from that person and that kind of abusive yeah. Yeah. dynamic. I'm not saying your mother meant that, right, but that was what yeah. you received as, as the dynamic if you're if you're dealing with that your whole life like that is going to be normalized right like those feelings are going to feel not just those feelings but when people act in those ways it's going to feel really normal yeah and also this is something that I've learned for myself is 
you know, based on the conditioning that I got, like the, 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 the way that I received love from my parents, you know, there's a lot of emotional unavailability for me with my parents, but because that was what I learned as love, it actually can register as feeling good inside my body, totally, even totally. though it in fact feels bad. So if you're comparing it to that, and as far as what your definition for your, your personal definition of love is, and I don't, I mean, an experiential definition, not just what our head says, because yeah, yeah. then we can easily go into the fantasy, right? right? The flip side is the fantasy of what love is, which in a way sounds what you were in before, right? Like everything's amazing and perfect, kind of, even though there are these red flags, but we're going to forget about that and kind of create almost false intimacy, because intimacy is also, now I'm understanding it to be built by you know, expressing yourself in uncomfortable moments well, and, and, and having that, experiences that aren't, you know, where we don't, we don't know the answers and it just like, yeah, that's actually well, building that, intimacy. But, and that's totally what it was. I mean, the reality is the reason why I was like, I'm going to go with this. And my therapist was sort of with me was that like, I was completely able to express myself to her in ways that like, I really feel like the first time ever in any relationship have I actually been able to sort of confront her with things that were bothering me about maybe that's why you got out so fast yeah because you were actually more integrated with yourself versus right. like shutting right. down shutting down shutting right. down because yeah. the whole reason any of us end up in an abusive yeah. pattern is that we're shutting down in some way right, right. and so if we continue to shut down how, how are we ever going to get out because we're just yeah. shutting that stuff down yeah yeah so i mean and that's i guess that's you know, it, it felt really safe at first because for the first time ever, I was able to express yeah. things that I would have gotten in trouble for in the past. And she was like so loving and so understanding and we would work together. And, it and was, then she ripped it right out. And then just like yeah. totally ripped it right out. And so, you know, I'm just dealing with the aftermath of yeah. really feeling just... I'm just, wondering what you're feeling right now. Well, I mean, I've sort of gone through a lot. Um, you know, I'm feeling... It's very, very easy for me to be like, it's my, it's my fault. Mm -hmm. That's what mm -hmm. I'm trained. That's what my, yeah. so it's just like, oh, somebody was able to provide me this kind of love that I've been wanting for so long and then decided they didn't want to love me that way anymore. And that must be my fault. Totally. Um, I relate to it. I was scapegoated as the problem child and that's yeah. what my parents constantly yeah. told me. And it's been many years of deconditioning that. And still it goes into, like, I'll notice it comes up. I don't know if it's the same for you, but like anytime there's um like I'm feeling rejected in yeah. some way yes. and that even can mean the cut of a relationship even when I'm the one cutting yes. it oh absolutely then all of a sudden I've done something wrong by ending it like yeah. no matter yeah. what yeah. I cannot win 100 percent. yeah so, so that's I, why I was wondering I'm where you stand now a ton, a ton of yeah a lot of that and and you know and I had to sort of like you know I we tried to sort of be friends for a little bit um and then that just yeah, that's it. not going to work. Well, I mean, I, I feel like yeah. the sweet spot is right where you're feeling now in the afternoon. Yeah. Nah, so. um, yeah, I'm feeling pretty... Uh, it's, it's interesting. Like, I'm, I'm doing better than I've ever done with any breakup, for sure, which is normally something that sent me down a total fucking spiral into being, you know, dysfunctional. And, but you're still feeling uh, like you're the problem. Totally. Right? Okay. Yeah. So maybe let's talk about that for a second okay get to the ugly <laughs> let's get to the ugly let's just let's just sense up yeah, that yeah. shit yeah so what are you feeling like the, you're the problem for i think that are there like when i said for i meant uh for specific things you did specific actions you did or didn't do no that's and that's always been the thing too is like i'm uh i'm never aware i i you know it's not logical 
I don't feel like there are specific instances that I fucked up. And that's very... So it's a general pervasive feeling of, yeah. I did something wrong, I did something wrong. Why don't you sit with yourself for a second and see if you can pinpoint it to something. Just whatever comes to your head. I don't care if it's logical or not. Just anything. Okay. And I think go back to putting your hand on your stomach. Because I notice, I don't know if you're noticing that you're speaking so much louder when you speak from your gut. And you so easily go into the like the tiny little girl voice in your throat that's almost a whisper. I don't really feel like that serves you. I'm picking up on one thing. Go ahead. All right. And of course, tell me if I'm wrong or right. <laughs> uh, a, you were feeling like you were a problem before you even got into the relationship. So it was masking it for a little while. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, it got exacerbated, right? It became louder because then there was a problem. So then, of course, the thing of you feeling like a problem because you already felt like a problem snaps to the surface. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. So it, it was the kind of thing where it was just like, I didn't know why, but... I constantly felt like I was <clears throat> completely this problem. I mean, she she was sort of treating me like I was. Well, she was treating you that way. She was just totally annoyed by me. And, and I was just this sort of like, yeah, it was just causing problems constantly just by existing. Yeah. And so with your mom growing up, when you were made into the problem, mm-hmm. was it problem for everything? Were there specific circumstances around it? Or was it just kind of an all-pervasive thing? It's a good question. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it was anything that... I, this is something that I'm not sure I've totally isolated, but I think it was just anything that she could, you know, blame me for. Um, yeah, yeah, oftentimes like it, it was not being good enough, yeah. uh, with sports. It was not being good enough. It just in every realm, it's perfection. It's just like the baseline is perfection. And if you aren't meeting that baseline, then you, uh, but it's not, it, you know, it's, it's, it's the abuse that's just basically like, you've done this awful, like, every, like yeah. you're doing this awful thing. Like you're awful. You've you, just like, everything about you. Is just, awful, just awful. every, yeah. yeah. And you know, I wasn't, you know, I, I had every, just everything. I mean, just nothing about me was, uh, I was causing harm constantly. Yeah. yeah. I totally relate. You were not alone in that <laughs> as I'm sure many others have also felt the same. Totally. Um, it's reminding me of this. There's this guy named, um, Michael Stone, who he has a podcast out. It's amazing. And one of his episodes, he talks about um, shame and perfectionism and about how they're both results of unhealed trauma, Yeah, which I've suffered from perfectionism for years mm-hmm. and have finally started to move through that bit by bit. I never, I, I knew it was, a, 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 I, I didn't understand that it was the result of stuff that had happened. Yeah. And what's interesting is when you said that your mom blamed you, right, for being less than perfect. It's just like, okay, obviously yeah. she's has her own trauma, yes. so she's in her own perfectionism, then projecting her perfectionism onto you, so then you're feeling, it's it's just like, you're she's re-traumatizing you over her own unhealed trauma. Right. And then it brings me back to the point of, there's both, right? Like the side here of the unhealed trauma with your mother, but then the other side of what's really yours, because right. there's this whole other part that she put on you that has actually nothing to do with you that it's all her shit totally yeah and I think I was aware of some of that 
I mean, I think enough so that, I mean, I was writing about it. I was talking about it. Like I knew it was happening, but that didn't. But we can get aware in our brains and not be aware in our bodies. The word that you said that resonated with me the most is shame. And I think that's the big thing for me is I was just feeling non, for non, no real specific reasons. Like I was unworthy. I was unlovable. Um, It's like Mm -hmm. she, when she sort of got to know me better, she realized that I'm not, I'm not lovable. Yeah. (laughs) Um, that I'm sort of unworthy of her presence. I'm not enough. She, she like at one point like compared me to her husband in terms you know, of like me being abusive and, and yeah, she, um, she flipped the switch. It's funny. I wasn't sure who well, she does lots, about. lots of flipping the switches. So she, yeah. and it was always really interesting because she would use, like, I always would listen to the word she was using that she was blaming saying you're, 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 you're. And I was like, well, those are your words. And actually that's exactly how you're behaving, which is just fascinating which is like a complete projection so it's like there's some awareness somewhere inside of her of all these things because she's using those words but she's just accusing me of those things it's interesting that you flipped from your mom to talking about g right when i wasn't sure if you're still talking about your mom to me they seem so interlinked pretty 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 connected Yeah. yeah and then when you were talking about the the shame that you were feeling you know it's this whole i don't know which came first the chicken or the egg right because our thoughts create our reality. I'm a full believer in that because that's how we choose to see the world. Mm. So I don't even mean that in a hippie dippy sense. No, totally. It's just if I choose to see negativity everywhere yeah. around me, it's I'm going to find negativity it's the everywhere. Lens that we're seeing. Exactly, through. exactly. And so with the shame, it makes me wonder, you know, how much of our side, like, you know, in your circumstance, like how much you're recreating your own cycle to end up at the exact, like all paths lead back yeah. to the same. Yeah. I'm not saying you had control over this person, but even like, no, you know, totally. seeking something out and, 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 you know, maybe the work for you in your next relationship is, is even back at that moment where you felt this thing from her, right, but you weren't into it, you know, maybe you trust yourself not to go there. Like, no, that didn't feel right, you know, and then, and then when you saw other things you didn't like, but continued to move through them, maybe the thing is, it's like, you know what, actually, this is information, like, that didn't go so well last time. Because what happens, I know, for me is then I break out with somebody and things... I re-traumatize myself mm. to almost jump out of everything I went through mm-hmm. and then I repeat the cycle again. Right. Versus like, oh, what can I take away from this? Like, what did I actually learn from this? Like, yeah. okay, that didn't feel good. That's information for me. But yeah. I oftentimes like wanted for so long to override that. Yeah. And then I'm never learning. And then I'm just like on that automatic repeat, you know? Yeah. It's interesting. I mean, I think the way that I was sort of seeing it was that I was just so uncomfortable being seen and it did feel a lot like she was seeing me and that's why I wasn't connecting to her at first. Um, Could have been that too. I mean, we don't, you know, maybe, maybe both were actually existing. Yeah, probably. I mean, you know, look, I mean, at the end of the day and it's hard to know what's going on here. If she was able to stay, she was able to hold on to who she wanted to be with me at first, but that's just really not who she is. Or if she just legitimately was triggered by this like abandonment and some stuff that she had healed came back you know I don't yeah. know I I it doesn't really matter you know something else I, I, I thought about it oh it came up a while back and then I forgot mm-hmm. about it now it's coming back again is that you had mentioned um you had met this other girl at the same time and that you were seeing her then you started seeing this woman and before that you were seeing somebody else right or you were in the six-year relationship right so it seems in a certain way which is also like I know a tricky situation like what I'm hearing yeah. is it's all tricky and you kind of jump from one to the other, yeah. To the other, yeah. 
even though they look different, they're all tricky in their own ways. Like, that's programma, which I relate to. I love a, that's a little bit of a, I, you know, the situation might be exceptional. I love that one. Yeah. Well, <laughs> now well. I know that's like the red light. Now I'm like, oh, if I'm saying that, I'm like, right. it's probably not good. But, um, you know, I'm just wondering if there's a certain amount of running that then feeds into the fantasy almost of like you allowed yourself to be seen in this thing that was also compartmentalized into mm. a certain capacity, right? Like that, that, there, that there's this uh, running of yourself. And then, okay, mm. I found myself in this kind of like safe little contained, it really was a container, right? Because you were on the outside of, you had your own relationship, but it yeah. was like- Yeah, that's right. Unofficial in a certain way, official but unofficial. Like Well, and there's just- it was separate from everything else and that's when it worked but you can't keep things separate forever and then here's the funny thing i notice i haven't even known you that long yeah but every time you're going through a hard time it's like radio silence from you and so it's interesting that you allowed yourself to be seen with her yeah yet good or bad because that was good and i still wasn't hearing from you it's like only by that person like so in essence you're Mm -hmm. compartmentalizing yourself again of like I can't allow somebody to share my joy about this relationship and I mm. cannot allow somebody to share in my pain about this relationship. Like either way, mm. only experiencing that in this like time, which makes it bigger, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. That seems like a very trauma driven. Totally. I yeah. think of an abused little child yeah. when I say that. Like totally. I, so much shame, I can't even share it. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. The question is now, are how... How am I dealing with it? How are you dealing with it, right? And then going back to, you know, I, I forget who this uh, psychologist I was listening to the other day, she was talking about how, you know, our unhealed wounds attract unhealed wounds, right? So so the thing is, is like now that wound, like you ripped off the scab and it's up there gushing, right? And so part of that wound is the abandonment part. Yeah. Do you think you're trying to get out of something right now? I'm trying to get out of what do you mean? Feelings. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm struggling. I'm struggling. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, so no, I'm struggling. Let's, I mean, let's yesterday, talk about yesterday it. I had to tell her that I, like, can't have her in my life because um, every time that, you know, we started trying to, like, talk again. Yeah, it's way too soon for that. What kind of feelings are you soon. trying to get out of right now? In this moment? Yep. You know, feeling unloved and unworthy and, um, you know, also really the craving of wanting her to wanting maybe not even her maybe even deeper than that your mom yeah totally yeah. and and i'm aware of that Wa- wanting that love back okay and so also wanting, wanting yeah. the abusive person to treat me well yeah and like yeah, just, just to totally fix it, to fix it yearning for like i still have like a little bit of hope of like yeah it's like yeah it's that wanting to be it's yeah, wanting wanting to be held by the person who's been abusing you. And yeah, that's just a, to fix it, anything to fix it, right? Because then if we fix it, yeah. like we finally, that's what I've heard multiple doctors say about how, um, you know, our childhoods, in, in essence, you know, with love, we're trying to live out these things to, you know, fix what we did or didn't get as children, right? Yeah, I'm just totally, on totally. a repetition cycle. So saying that you're still in that state, I'm just wondering if it's, which I totally get, it's so easy to make it about the person. Yeah. But can you just be sad that you didn't get that from your mom? Yeah. I mean, that's, and that's obviously hard. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and on this level about this person, can you just be sad that 
that's no longer existing with this person? And can you even say that to yourself while saying, and I still got you, like, and we're still okay. Yeah. And we're still here surviving and I'm sad. Yeah. Because, you know, it's almost like a, a little child. I know for myself, I can go so much to this place of feeling the, the threat of feeling like non-existence yeah. because my existence, which it sounds like it was similar to yours of this, like the only way I existed was if I was a problem. Right. So negative attention versus no attention, at least it's attention. So if that's stripped away, like the, the feelings beneath it are obliteration. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I've also like, so maybe that's why you're, you're sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but, but, um, I hope this doesn't leave. Oh, maybe that's why you're beating yourself up because if you stop beating yourself up, it's as if you don't exist. Yeah. Um, it's interesting. Try to stay in whatever just yeah. happened because I saw you shift into something and then you wanted to just go right out. And when I say I saw it in your shoulders, I saw it in your eyes, and then I saw you like kind of clamp back up into your little girl. You know, it just goes back to feeling like a fuck up. Just and like if you don't make yourself feel like a fuck up. Right. So I, I feel like I should be punished probably is what it all sort of comes down. Because if you feel like you, if you don't feel like you should be punished, then you don't exist. Mm. I heard something the other day, and this might tie in with it. It's a kind of new concept for me. Is uh, we we as humans need to feel the struggle in some way, and it's made me think a lot about how like I'm so hard on myself in my own brain, right? To keep keep myself struggling, mm. honest, and. So like it's like I'm I'm making it hard because mm-hmm. I need to make it hard. Like mm-hmm. act, in fact, the answer is very simple. Doesn't have to be hard. No. Yeah, I think there's a component. Of Although that. it's both, right? Because it is kind of challenging to stay in that space. You know, that's yeah. that's I mean, that's like developing a whole new muscle. Totally. And it's all that I. I'm also realizing that's just like the only form of relationship that I know. Yeah. And uh, you know, I, also sort of relating to this sort of notion of like my happiness is derivative of how well I'm meeting this other person's needs mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and this notion of like that's what if concern, they're yeah. happy with me then that's where my happiness comes from and that's what concerned me when you said I feel this deep love yeah. when you were talking about your admiration for her right. and making her happy and that kind of I was like mm, yeah I mean obviously codependency stuff going yeah. on here that I still really deeply I mean, it's the only type of love that I know, and I'm really starting to see that. Where it's just like I just don't even know what. And can you can you sit with like. the fact that maybe you will feel obliterated? Like may, maybe your ego is actually being obliterated when you stop doing that to yourself. If you stop abusing mm-hmm. yourself in that way, and feel that loss, right? Which I think, for me, I remember going through that. That like I'm going to say the meat of that because I think there are always levels of that existing. But it really felt like death. Like I felt like I grieved the loss of myself, and mm. and now I'm finding it's really that like so simple. Like all I have to do is contrary action when I'm in those moments of like wanting to hook into that thing. And sometimes I want to do that, and sometimes I don't want to do the contrary action because it's like I want to I want to hang on. The only only thing holding me back is me, you know. And it's like really totally, you know this is the question is how bad do you really want something different yeah I mean I do I do want something different I just don't know what that looks like Mm -hmm. Um, what if you don't have to know like what if that's to be discovered totally 
because like my whole thing is that I'll get wrapped in, up into like I need to know what it looks like so I feel in control and that is part of my hook back into those old feelings because I know what that looks like mm. and it's so familiar mm. I mean my instinct is always just like avoid having these feelings with other people so I don't have to deal with these feelings avoid having which feelings you know falling in love oh your instinct is just to avoid feeling vulnerable in front of other people yes even though you kind of crave it too right totally crave it yeah Yeah. need 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 avoid 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 Mm -hmm. so I'm very much in this like you know ready to sort of go back into my you know safety cage of being sort of untouched which I was in for the last six years yeah um and and I feel that from you I feel like I feel this defensiveness from you that that I was thinking if I cut you right now and said okay thank you you'd walk away being like I got nothing from that like like that kind of like I'm going to hang on to my issues exactly where they're at, which is if that's the case, can we just please surrender and embrace that right here? Like, yes, maybe you want to hang on to that right now. Maybe that's too scary for you. Like maybe that is actually the sweet spot is just the surrender into that. Into a... Like you want to be in the shame. You don't want to feel the discomfort of not knowing. You want to hold on to the feelings of this old relationship. You want to hold on to all the patterns. Like what if you give yourself that? You know, for me, my perfectionism kicks in and then I'm like, but I don't want to. But then I'm kind of stuck in that purgatory, not making a choice either way. Yeah, it's hard to it's hard to connect to that because it feels so. Like uncontrollable, all of it, to, you know, and so it's to just even, like, yeah, yeah, it doesn't feel like I have much of a choice. Um, yeah. I mean, what I want, what I do want, I mean, and this is separate, but what I'm conscious of wanting is to return back to a softness and a calm, still existence, which I can thrive in um, as long as I don't completely isolate myself. All right. Well, I think I think there's a real easy way to get back there right now mm-hmm. if you really want that. Yeah. Do you know what I'm going to say? I don't know. (laughs) It's just this simple. I mean, we can clip back in just like that. We see the beauty in the world, the beauty in ourselves, Mm. right? We see all we have to offer. Mm. I see you for all you have to offer. The beauty is in this, right? This Mm. is, if we, if we decide to connect to the softness, the softness is always there. It's just Mm. whether we choose it. Yeah. I think it's maybe that, I don't even think it's maybe it's the compulsion for that like softness with the control around it like yeah I think you're right I'm not ready to let go of how bad I am yeah well maybe stay in that I mean that could be your you know that could be the key to freedom is just really accepting it yeah and just still feeling very locked into this heaviness of I think the heaviness of your childhood is what... Yeah, I just haven't yeah. dealt with it. I, you know, it's yeah, interesting. because even this whole conversation, you wanted so badly to focus on kind of this thing to figure it out versus, like, digging up the old. 
which I know many people always say, oh, just focus on the present, forget about it. And I mean, our well, past shapes all, who we are. Oh, I'm, I'm totally aware, yeah. yeah. But are you aware from your head or are you aware from your body? Because we get it intellectually and then it's a different feeling when we get it emotionally in our physical being. Hmm. Opening up a little bit right now. Yeah, I see that. I think this is a good place to end uh, because sometimes when we go back in, right, you're feeling the openness, then it's like we can have that, like that rubber band effect backlash, you know? And what if you just, you know, you leave here and you just allow all those feelings that kind of came up because I saw it, I saw it in your body, your shoulders kind of relaxed, the softness that you spoke of came back. I could see it in your eyes and like your chest, you know? And what if you just allow the feelings to be there? Like, what if you don't have to force them? You don't have to do anything. Like, what can, you know, see how long you can stay in that spot mm-hmm. and notice how that feels. Like, to, like what is actually happening sensation-wise mm-hmm. in our bodies, you know? Because oftentimes I had this, I, I'll, I'll end with this because this, this, it was such important information for me. The other day I'd felt rejection about uh, some guy who didn't call me back. <laughs> and I felt so rejected in the morning. And I was doing my morning meditation and um, I... I sat with myself and I, my head was just like me, like, just like doing all the, you know, the automatic replay of like, yeah. you know, the shit in my head and I'm the problem with it. And I connected to what I was feeling in my body, which was absolutely nothing at all from the neck down. And I was like, oh my God, like yeah. that's what happens to me is this isn't even real because I'm completely disconnected from the rest of me. Yeah. And so it was such information of, you know, in a way it wasn't a, an authentic experience because all I'd done was disconnect from myself. So leaving here, maybe you're just feeling what's happening in your body to know, Oh, when I'm in an open space, like this is actually how my body feels. Mm-hmm. And then when I shut down, this is how my body feels. Yeah. Cause then I find that I actually want to connect to myself in that way. You know, it's like so many times I walk through and forget about even like what's happening in my body instead of oh, yeah. connecting to it. Yeah. You know? No. And today was actually, particularly a day that I was feeling disconnected from my body, my sensations. Um, and you know, a a new teacher that I'm working with, a new meditation teacher or new for me, um, did talk to me about this notion of like, you know, the, the problem isn't that I'm disconnected. The problem is that I'm not showing up when I'm disconnected. And so is this just like, you just have to keep showing up. And um, so what about you showed up right now when you were disconnected? You did that. Yeah. And then the other part of that is when we're kind of used to, when we're used to the highs and lows, like that's how we grew up, mm-hmm. very extreme emotions from others. Mm-hmm. That's how we process how emotions should always feel. Mm. When in reality, what if this kind of leveled like, okay, I'm open. What if that's enough mm. right there? It doesn't have to feel extreme which is like very uncomfortable to me sometimes in certain circumstances. Like, oh, just where I'm at is enough. Hmm. Yeah, I like that. Thank you so much, Taylor. Thanks. What I found fascinating about this interview is how much this woman's vocal range shifted in accordance to what she was talking about and how she was talking about it. If you noticed at the beginning of the conversation when she was talking about her ex, She got extremely throaty and and was almost whispering. It got so high, I actually had her lean in closer to the microphone so that you could hear what she was saying. Then, when I had her put her hand on her stomach and she started speaking, her voice seemed to come from a much deeper place. She spoke a lot louder 
and she seemed to take more ownership over herself. So I've been thinking a lot about how brain-centric our culture is, yet there's this entire nervous system within the gut called the enteric nervous system. This system produces serotonin, it can sense environmental threat, it does a lot for us and even what foods we crave, yet we constantly think about what we crave from our, our brain brain inside our head versus from this nervous system. Now, I've also been victim of kind of disconnecting from my body and figuring it out in my brain. And I think as Westerners, we've been taught to value our brains above all else. However, we're finding more and more that this other system is incredibly important and we have to integrate it. This woman is a perfect example of this. If you noticed at the end, once she fully connected to her body and and integrated and, and I kept having her go back and put her hand on her belly and it seemed to somehow connect her deeper and you could hear it in her voice, like I said, that she she got a sense of peace and serenity, in essence, the sweet spot where she wanted to be. Now, here's the thing. I noticed it was hard for her to stay in that. Why would it be hard to stay in full integration with our bodies? Well, if we're always used to disconnecting from our bodies, which is in essence a sign of trauma, and we're used to thinking things out all the time, of course this is gonna be difficult to maintain that position. I think when we hear stories of people connecting to, in essence, God and source, a part of that connection is really feeling connected to our guts, that part of our nervous system. So we've gotta go back there, we've gotta stay integrated, we've gotta stay in our bodies, the work is there. I'm Jacqueline, The Herapist. Thanks for listening.